today on Keep Classical Weird. Y'all, I got sucked into TikTok. I try I, I try to like keep any of the kids who are like younger than like ninth grade off of my TikTok though. Like if a four-year-old walks up to me and says, I saw you on TikTok, I'm like, I'm going to block you. <laughs> <laughs> right. What, what are you doing on TikTok, four-year-old? Yes. <laughs> Welcome, friends, to episode 61 of Keep Classical Weird. I am your host, Casey Bozell, and today we'll hear an interview with band teacher Jimmy Rogers. Now, if that name sounds familiar, you might already be an avid TikTok user. At the time of this recording, he's got 236,000 followers on the app, and he has seemingly become an influencer by being a nice, genuine human being who's passionate about what he does. Enjoy. This is kind of funny. You're my first interviewee that I've had that I've just like seen on the internet, really, (laughs) (laughs) which I think is really cool. Um, I I really enjoy what you do. So um, can you kind of introduce yourself, say your name and, um, you know, how you identify within the world of, of music or music education? So my name is Jimmy Rogers. And honestly, I've always just seen myself as some guy who, you know, happens to teach music. Mm-hmm. I, I love music. Uh, <clears throat> I love teaching kids. But, like, you know, I never really went into this with aspirations to be, like, you know, one of the names that people, like, talk about. So, honestly, the fact that I've gotten as big on TikTok as I have is mind-blowing to me at times. This wasn't, like, an aspirational part no. of, your, of your career. Okay. Not at all. This just kind of happened. Oh man. All right. I totally want to get into that because I, I still don't, I don't, do you mind if I ask, um, well, I don't have to ask how old you are. When did you graduate from college? Let me ask you that. <laughs> 2017 is when I graduated college. 2017. Okay. Yeah. So I I'm graduated actually... college 10 years before that. Okay. Um, and so I, I have still considered myself an old and so I, <laughs> I believe it or not, I'm only 27. And I on TikTok, I hear people say that I either look 15 or they'll say I look 45. So there's no consistency. <laughs> that's quite that's quite a spectrum. Yeah, <laughs> that's funny. Have you have you nailed down the demographic of who says you're 15 and who says you're 45? <clears throat> Not really. I haven't paid much attention to it. Okay. Well, if you try and get a master's, there's your thesis right there. You're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so. Let's back up a little bit. How did you get started originally with with music in general? I joined middle school band, and it it wasn't like I came from a musical family. In fact, my family is not musical at all. Uh, The middle school director just came to my elementary school, gave us the pitch, and I was sold. So I joined, and honestly, it was just something I did as a hobby. Like I just you know kept re-enlisting year after year. And it wasn't until about junior year of high school when I realized I needed to actually have a plan that I started to think, I'm pretty good at this. Why don't I consider doing this? That's really cool. I loved how you used the word re-enlisting. That was very militaristic of you. Um, yeah. <laughs> was, it a, was, it, uh, did you, was it concert band, marching band, all of it? <clears throat> My high school was a one of those very like typical marching bands, like the kind you you know hear about all the time, and it was definitely militaristic at times, which is probably where I get that mindset from. Excellent. Okay, I actually, back up here too. What instrument did you start with? 
I'm a flute player. Flute player. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and so you wanted a, you, you, you had a plan, you figured out you needed a plan. So yeah. You a plan. I, I, I knew I wanted to do something with music and the more I thought about it, um, I enjoyed teaching, uh, throughout my childhood, I kind of took on the role as teacher with my friends and family. It wasn't always music based, but usually I was the one explaining things like, here's how to play this board game or things like that. Oh, nice. And, and so they, they just kind of made sense together. And plus, at that point, I was already a section leader in the band, so I was taking on more leadership and teaching roles anyways. So I was just kind of like, you know, nudged down that path without even realizing it. Oh, man. Were you drum major? I was not. Okay. Interesting. I, I'm keeping a little, like, unofficial tally. Yeah. People I interview that come from a marching band background, so. A, a lot of um, a lot of people who go into music major were their drum majors, like, I remember when I went to college, like, at least half of them were, like, their high school's drum majors. That's that's a phenomenal world. I could have an entire podcast about just the world of marching band, honestly. Yeah. This is just such a big world. I'm a violinist. I was never part of it. Uh, but it's it's phenomenal to me to, to see how deep that culture goes. So I went to college in a conservatory-type school, uh, so marching band wasn't a thing there. So it was kind of funny seeing all these, you know, people who were like the stars of their marching band come into this like very classical music oriented style school and just have that like, you know, wake up moment where they realize, wait, I'm not the big fish anymore. And this is way different. Wow. That must have been very interesting to witness. Where did you go to school? Yeah. I went to University of North Carolina at Greensboro. Ah, the other yeah. UNC. I my undergrad is at University of Northern Colorado. Oh, okay. So we called you the other UNC, even though we're yeah. the other UNC. <laughs> we 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 called you guys the other UNC for sure, hundred <laughs> percent. Um, and so uh, you said you've had a recent um, recent big move. So you're at you've been at your current job for a short time. Yeah, I'm on my second year here. So I graduated in North Carolina. And decided I was never going to spend a day teaching in North Carolina. <laughs> and, and so I found a job in Tennessee and it wound up working because my girlfriend at the time, she was going to grad school and University of Memphis had a program that fit her needs. So I wound up there and then the pandemic happened and I knew I wasn't staying at that school long term. It just wasn't really a great fit for me. So I decided, you know what, I want to make a big change. And I've always kind of idolized the idea of the West Coast. So I started looking into the licensure procedures and started applying for jobs. Oh, and now you are in Washington. Yep, Washington State. Welcome. Welcome to the West Coast, to the Pacific Northwest. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Um, and then, so you're teaching now. Do you also teach marching band? I do. Uh, I actually, I'm at a K through 12 school. I'm at a really small town. Wow. Uh, the town is like 700 people, but we're the only school. So basically it is one building. It's only 300 people in the entire district, like employees and students combined. And so I teach K through four elementary and then starting fifth grade, I transition them into like the band choir world. I unfortunately just don't have the resources to do orchestra as well. And then once they hit seventh grade, that's when they start like having the choice to take it as an elective or not. So then at that point is where I start like middle school band and then high school band and then 
middle school choir, high school choir. Wow. So you are the music department. Yeah. I, I'm the only music guy like in the area. <laughs> That's amazing. And you said your town is about 700 people. Yeah. Very so small. So that is a small fraction of the amount of TikTok followers you have. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking about that. You, you've managed to create a much bigger platform. So let's talk about the weird, wild world of TikTok. Yeah. Um, and how you've uh, kind of modeled it into your own awesome platform. Um, how did you first run across it? Do you remember? I got TikTok in 2019. This was long before the pandemic. This was when the app was just mostly dances and lip sync. And, you know, it, it, it was it was a much different place than it is now. And I got it originally just because I wanted to understand what my students were talking about. Because <laughs> yeah. they, they, they were quoting these trends nonstop. Um, I remember the hit or miss trend. And they just kept screaming it through the hallways. And I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And so I didn't want to feel like too out of touch that young because I was only like, what, like 25 at the time. <laughs> so I downloaded TikTok. And for the longest time, I was just like a casual scroller, like trying to see what was going on. And I got addicted, and then uh, one day, I just decided, you know what, I'll make a video. What was your very first TikTok video? The very first video I made was, it was a stupid one. Basically, I um, was in my band room, and I wasn't doing anything, and I had the tuba out, because uh, I was cleaning it, and I don't even fully remember what I said, but it was a, it was basically a pun about the tuba. Oh, I, uh, it was something about the brass that some of these kids have. I don't know. I, I, it was a very, very corny joke. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Did you do the thing that, because I've, I've made a few TikTok videos myself, and um, I feel like I go to bed at night and I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, my video has been viewed 12 times. That's amazing. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, re I was averaging between like 80 and 100 for the first couple weeks. Like uh, if I broke 100, I was like, oh, okay, that video did pretty cool. <laughs> nice. That's awesome. And so what was your, um, what was your first like breakthrough? Because I feel like everybody's got their one TikTok that kind of puts them in that upper category, right? My, my first like break video is actually the first video on my page right now. I've kind of deleted a lot of the older stuff. Um, and it was referencing a trend at the time and it didn't even do that well at first. I think in the first like hour it got 200 views, which was big for me at the time. And then I just kind of like, you know, stopped uh, getting as many notifications for it. And then one morning I woke up in the middle of the night and I decided to check my phone cause I was awake and it had gotten up to 2000 views and I was like, holy crap, that's big. And then I went back to bed and woke up the next morning and it was at like 300,000 views. I was like, what? Wow. <laughs> so it just exploded. Yeah. It just exploded overnight and it was very delayed. I think it exploded a week after I actually posted it, which isn't my usual experience with videos. Hmm. Okay, so this is if this is the one because I think this is the one where I actually found you was where uh, there's two girls who are completely off of the uh, oh no the that drum? no that no that that that's a that's one of my more recent ones in comparison. Oh my gosh! Okay, tell me because I because I've been uh, filming uh, videos now for about a year and a half, and the two girls that was only like a few months ago. Okay, okay, so now yeah. okay then. 
it was a trend at the time. It's the first one on your page. Yeah, the first one on my page. I, uh, I, I was using the uh, trio feature, and I was holding a saxophone, and it was using the in the mood sound. And there was a uh, trend at the time that used inappropriate language, so I'm not sure if you want me to fully say it. But <laughs> <laughs> And so I uh, basically it was a joke about band concerts in 10 years, and they're playing that, and the parents recognize it as the TikTok sound. Uh, and that was the whole joke. And that one pretty much immediately shot me to a thousand followers, which, you know, in comparison to where I am now, doesn't seem like a whole lot, but it was huge for me at the time. Cause like you said, that's already a bigger population than my entire town. Right. Oh my yeah. gosh. And so once you had that first breakthrough video, did things just start to things, from there? Things just kind of kept coming into place. Um, I, I, I kept, gaining followers and then i had i would have like another blow up video which would give me several more thousand followers and honestly i was about eighty thousand followers back in august so i think it was about october november somewhere in there that's when i really really blew up wow that's amazing do you know how many followers you have as as of this recording i'm in the 200s that's all i know <laughs> wow wow that's so it's it's such a wild world to me. So did you have like a, I see that you have put like, you know, music educator and content creator Yeah. on your, so when did you start, when, when did that change? When was that like a part of your um, <laughs> career identity? I mean, you know, I definitely identified myself as an educator long before TikTok came around. I guess I just realized that you know, this was going well enough for me and I was connecting with enough people. I mean, I was literally like creating a community. And so at some point I just kind of realized that this is part of who I am. Just like teaching is I make videos because before, before TikTok, I, I had never edited a video in my life and you know, it was just something I sat down and started doing one day. I remember one of my first videos took me like three hours to make and it didn't even do that well. <laughs> I just made a video like that the other day and I was like, yeah. this took me far too long. What am I, the, yeah. the video, the videos that take the longest almost never do that well. It's kind of okay. sad. <laughs> <laughs> so the less effort, the better is honestly. Your so okay. the, the the video you were talking about with the two girls off beat, I literally saw their video immediately hit stitch filmed it in like one take and then posted it i did not expect that video to do well <laughs> that was a fantastic video um, yeah yeah i duetted it so i was i was cheering you on i thought that was amazing what how do you decide what videos to make next is it a lot of those kinds of moments it's Honestly, yes. Uh, most of my ideas are like very on the fly. I I, I know a lot of content creators because I I've met a lot of people through that app, and like we talk about our processes. I know a lot of content creators who have just a whole like folder full of drafts, and believe it or not, I do not have a single draft on my phone right now. Whoa! I I make them all pretty much the moment they happen. For instance, I um, posted two videos today. And the second video was actually the first one I filmed. I filmed it uh, like before school started and just got it out of the way. And I was like, I'll post that around lunch. And then it got to the point where I was about to post it. And I had another idea. And I was like, no, I'm going to make that one now. And then I filmed that one and posted it immediately. Interesting. So yeah. your videos, especially the, the ones as of late that I've seen, are a lot of, um, a lot of you sharing your philosophy um, yeah. on your career, how people view you as the role that you're in. 
and music education in general. Um, and I, my follow-up question is actually more of a more of an emotional one. How you doing? I'm doing fine. Um, like I, I know a lot of teachers are burning right now, and especially having come from the South uh, as a teacher, I know exactly how bad some states have it. So I definitely am aware that my situation is a lot more fortunate than some. But I also feel like with a following that I have, I you know should make it known, hey, this is a real issue that a lot of people are dealing with. Plus, um, I know as a person who sees a lot of videos on TikTok, we really appreciate when we see something we relate to. So I know there are teachers who are in those situations who stumble upon videos like that, and they're like, thank you, I feel seen. Yeah, yeah. Are you finding um, the feedback from this online community to be more positive than negative? It it has its days. Um, I I do feel I do feel like it's more positive uh, than anything. Um, I realistically do get hate comments because you know once you reach a certain following, it's going to happen. But <clears throat> some days are worse than others. But it's never the majority. That must be a weird. I mean, there's a lot of things that I feel like a music degree does not adequately prepare us for in a career in music. Yeah. But that's something I can't. I don't think any sort of education can prepare you for it. They. They never really, and I mean, this isn't just about TikTok. This is just teaching in general. They never really like get it across just how much, as a teacher, you will be hated by members of society just for being a teacher. Hmm. Wow. I mean, I don't know. To me, that doesn't make any sense. That boggles the mind. Everybody's had teachers. That's how we got to where yeah. we're at. So why are you that? Anyway, that might be another podcast. I don't know, but. <laughs> Are you feeling like that's the that's the majority of like the negativity that you do get? Yeah, the the negativity I do get is either someone who doesn't agree with my take and you know wants to like you know call out, hey, you're a teacher or something like that, or uh, you know it's just a troll and trolls <laughs> are just insult, like you, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> and, and trolls are honestly a part of the platform. Like honestly, even as just a casual observer of TikTok. Over time, more and more trolls have made it to TikTok as TikTok has gotten bigger and bigger. But I really do, for the most part, experience a really positive community. Uh, I've met a ton of teachers through that app. We actually have our own little Discord that we hang out in. <laughs> oh, that's so cool. Yeah. That's nice. So you've, so you've reached a community on a macro level, and you've kind of created it on a micro level for yourself. Yeah. How do you think classical music and the world of music in general can use social media like this to kind of help propel itself forward honestly i th i think a big like issue that a lot of music teachers and you know the classical scene in general run into is there's definitely that mindset that you know classical music is out of touch it's not in line with today i think a lot of musicians and educators can use tiktok as a learning opportunity to like, you know, see what the kids are actually interested in and how to connect with them. Because I mean, you know, Beethoven, Mozart, Haydn, they're all great, fantastic. But until you, you know, validate and connect with the kids where they're at and what their interests are, you're not going to get them to want to hear about these 400 year old musicians. Do you see it as just like keeping up with the with what the current um... keep keeping up with the trends? And mm -hmm. honestly, I think. I think TikTok could potentially, if somebody were to use it right, be used as a good PR boost. I mean, I've seen composers on that app doing funny things. Like, um, I don't remember the username, 
But there's one person who's going around um, taking a bunch of popular theme songs from different movies and shows, and he's showing you how to make it quirky. Yes, I have seen yeah. that. Yes. Yeah. And and it, and it does a really good job, too. Yeah. And, and stuff like that. I mean, a kid sees that, and all of a sudden they're interested in the process that goes into making these songs. And boom, all of a sudden you've got kids interested in composition. I really appreciate about the platform that uh, it seems to put everybody on more or less equal footing. Yeah. And that, you know, if you've got, if you've got a phone with the app, you can post content and interact with anybody else on the app. And, you know, there, there's definitely like pros and cons to TikTok, but I do love how user-friendly the whole interface is. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, I, I didn't know how to edit videos. So my first couple videos I did inside the app and I definitely felt like a dinosaur trying to edit that first clip, but it was pretty self-explanatory once you like actually sat down and tried to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. So do your students all follow your TikTok? I do have a few students who have found me. I don't like publicly advertise to my kids. Hey, here's my TikTok. You can come find me. Cause y- you know, I don't always post content that, I 100% want my students to see, but the students started finding me early on and, you know, seeing my videos and occasionally I'll have a student like come up and make a joke about one of my videos or something like that. I, I, I remember one day I was teaching a bunch of kindergartners and they had a para educator in the room and they, they were talking about TikTok and I'm like, what are you guys doing on TikTok? And the para was like, a lot of these kids have cell phones. And I'm like, there are five. That's, wow. The world's changing too fast. I know we had a discussion the other day about I have an almost four year old and the idea was floated like, well, she's seen other people use tablets. Do we get her a tablet? And I'm like, maybe not. Yeah. I remember I got my first cell phone at like 15 and I felt like the king of the world. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to ask you. I got mine at 16. It was one of those um, big, big ones with the antenna that pulls out. Okay. Mine wasn't that dated. It was was basically a flip phone. (laughs) Oh, sweet. Yeah. That was probably, was it like your prized possession at the time? It, it was like one of those gas station phones. So like it, it wasn't like, you know, top of the line, but it got the job done. <laughs> right. That makes sense. Um, I was still happy to have it. Yes, I agree. <laughs> did you, did you have a Dr. Beat? I did not. Oh, you didn't. No. That's the, that's the story I always bring up about um, technology with my students is that I, you know, I think I spent almost $150 getting a Dr. Beat in high school. And right now I have a $4 app that does 98% of the stuff. Yeah. <laughs> that a Dr. Beat. I, um, I, I bought tonal energy a few years ago and I swear by it. it's a great app, but it, it does all the stuff that you had to like pay $30 for a metronome back when. <laughs> yes. It's yeah. It's insane. I know. I don't know what's going to happen to those. And now getting a metronome that ticks back and forth is. Yeah. That's, I don't know, bougie or something. I have no idea. <laughs> I want to kind of end up with asking you about your uh, program. You have a new term coming up. Uh, are you doing marching band? Or are you doing in person? So um, <clears throat> the way our school does it, uh, I mean, the PNW is obviously not like super, super marching band like some of the other states could be. Sure. So the, the way marching band looks for us is we do a lot of pep tunes in like the stands um, you know, we do the Star Swimmer banner at the beginning of the game, things like that. Um, we do that in the fall season, though. Uh, in the winter season, 
we'll play some basketball games. But other than that, we're very much in our like concert cycle right now. Oh, that's cool. Uh, yeah. What uh, what kind of rep have you finished up recently? Uh, we just got done, with, you know, doing all our winter theme tunes. We had our winter concert like right before break. Uh, the last couple weeks, we've been just doing fundamental stuff, uh, like scales, mm-hmm. slip slurs, all that stuff. Uh, and they're about to start their new concert cycle. I've got them doing some jazz rap. We've got them doing some, you know, like festival style rap, things like that. Really appreciate you just kind of giving an insight. It's it's so funny to see like a face on a screen in an app, and then and then you popped up on this app. I'm like, oh yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> I see that. So I, um, yeah, I really appreciate you just answering a few questions and yeah, no problem. being on the Goofy Podcast. I appreciate it. Um, so if people want to uh, follow you and see your um, funny and fun and thought-provoking content, where can they go? Uh, I am on TikTok as Jimmers. That's J-I-M-M-3-R-Z. <laughs> that, that was a nickname I had in high school, and I, it just kind of stuck. And so I used it as my TikTok nickname. I had no idea I was going to build a platform off of that name when I used it. <laughs> and I'm also on Instagram by the same name. I don't really post Instagram, though. Uh, I try to get into the Reels game, and just doesn't really work. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, that makes sense. But TikTok is definitely the main place to find me. And that's our show for today. Our theme song is composed by Not Dead composer Thomas Barber. Check out his stuff at thomasbarber.com. Web development support is provided by Tina at citybeautifuldesign.com. Keep Classical Weird is created and edited by me, Casey Bozell. Find us on Facebook, Instagram, and yes, TikTok. And if you're local, find me in the next couple weeks to get your very own KCW sticker. They're free, and starting today, I'm carrying them with me everywhere because they're so darn cute. Thanks so much for listening, everyone. Stay safe and stay weird. <laughs>